What would you do if you were the president-elect of your 100-year-old Rotary Club that was operating a club within a club? Would you start a satellite, or would you consider another option? I'm Corey Laparty, a member of the Rotary Big West New Club Task Force, and I love highlighting Rotarians who bring new styles of Rotary Clubs to their communities. Rotarians who believe in service and taking action. I recently had the opportunity to interview Mark Plants, charter president of the Montrose Black Canyon Rotary Club, and I asked him a series of questions to find out his secrets for starting a new Rotary Club. Mark, what was your background in Rotary before starting the club? Yeah, I was uh, the president-elect of uh, our lunch club in, in Montrose, Colorado, and, and had been serving on the board for... Um, Oh, three or four years. What about the community of Montrose, uh, where the club got started? How big is it? Um, how many other clubs were there in the area? So we're a community of about 20,000, and uh, we're the only club in the city. But we do have some surrounding smaller communities that, that have Rotary Clubs as well. So it was really just one club? Uh, like, how old was this club? Yeah, we actually just uh, celebrated our uh, 100th anniversary uh, for the lunch club this year. Been around for 100 years. 100 years, that's, that's great. So the new club, the Montrose uh, Black Canyon Club, um, what's prompted you to start that Rotary Club? Um, it, how did it uh, form? Uh, why, why start a new club, I guess, is a good question. Yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons, and and kind of the the main reason was uh, the timing of it all. The lunch meetings were um, long, and not all members could get away from their jobs uh, for an hour and a half or two hours. So the the original idea when it when it started was one club, two meetings, and then uh, another really big. Um, reason for starting the the morning club was uh, we wanted to be people of action and we also wanted to uh, uh, be more thoughtful discussions. Uh, one of the culture items that developed right away was that we sat in a circle and um, we, we invited our, our presenters to sit down with us um, and that really caused a, a, a very interactive group uh, we would even warn uh, the presenters that, hey, um, you know, you, you might not get very far in your presentation because we're going to ask you lots of prompting questions um, and, and, you know, roll up our sleeves and be a part of the conversation. Great. Why don't you tell me about what's different about the culture of the new club besides the dues and the way that you handle speakers? What's, what's different about the new club culture versus the original club? A couple years into, into meeting at a different time, uh, we, we quickly learned that it was hard to book the same speaker twice, uh, especially in a day. Uh, again, going back to that, the original idea was to have one club, two meetings. Um, and since we didn't have a president officially, uh, we kind of had an unofficial chairperson. Um, you know, it, it was difficult to uh, book all of the all of the weeks up because uh, we, you know, the obviously the the lunch. Uh, club's chair was in charge of making their own presentations and then you know quickly we were kind of on our own so one day uh, during the club meeting we started with a whiteboard and we just said hey what would make you as a member not want to miss a week and if you did miss a week 
you would actually be sad that you weren't a part of that. And, and we, we just, we had an absolute blast. It was one of the, one of the best mem memories of a, of a meeting. Um, all these ideas were flying around and the whiteboard was full. Uh, the number one thing, and well, so people wanted to be a part of something bigger than themselves, right? Um, we wanted to find a way to uh, increase our service impact. Um, we felt like some of the projects that we were doing were on cruise control and, and people were taking care of them and they were all handled and we just didn't need a lot more help. Um, so that was a, a, another really big thing uh, for starting the morning meeting. We just, we just wanted to do, to do more and, and have a bigger impact. Um, we wanted to be around other good people doing good things. Uh, we wanted a sense of belonging, um, you know, so that when, when you came, you know, you were, you were part of, part of a group. Uh, we really wanted a place to share wisdom. That was a, a big one that kept coming up. Um, you know, we wanted a, a place where we could bond um, and build better relationships. Uh, we wanted a place for safe discussion without judgment. Um, we wanted active participants. It was really important to us for people that were coming to the morning meeting um, to, to be a part of something. So it mattered whether or not you showed up. Um, we wanted to be really informed uh, about what was going on in the community. And we wanted to, um, we wanted learning opportunities to become uh, better leaders. So that was a, 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 big, a big culture item. We, we wanted to make people felt welcome. The second they walked in the door, um, we felt it was really important to, to make people feel welcome. Uh, the second club culture item that came up was uh, we wanted our decisions to be run by the mission and vision. Um, and that's really important because we spent a lot of time in our board meetings uh, discussing, uh, you know, an example might be scholarships. Who do we give scholarships to? And, and you know, the board would be like, oh, well, we really, we, we should give it to, to needy, needy kids. Um, and then the next year it would be, well, we should give it to kids that are local. That's really important. And then the next year it would be, you know, we should give uh, scholarships to uh, students that have service in their heart. Um, so every year the criteria would change just a little bit, depending on the board members that were on the board and their, their personal opinions. And that's great, um, except it, it made for a lot of extra work. Um, so we, what we felt like is that if we could make this decision-making model um, then anyone that read the decision-making model could, could go through it and basically come to the same conclusion when you get to the end. The other club culture items we really wanted to do is that we don't lose focus on service. Um, we felt like when you come to a, a Rotary meeting where there's a presentation every week, that's not necessarily service. So we really want to focus on how are we serving our community. Uh, we wanted to be people of action. Again, uh, when you come to a meeting and there's just a presentation, we didn't feel like that was action. Another club culture item was celebrate versus tolerate. And we're pretty proud of this one. Um, we felt like sometimes people guilted, you know, you into doing something or, um, you know, what do you mean you're not going to sign up for this, right? Uh, we have that in Rotary from time to time. Uh, but we wanted to say, you know, when you miss a meeting and, and we haven't seen you for three or four weeks, we know that Rotary doesn't pay the bills. And we know that, you know, people have other things going on in their life. Um, so if, if, they're, if they take a little time out and, and then all of a sudden they come back, 
we want to say, hey, welcome back. Good job. Thanks for taking care of you. You know, way, way, to, way to put your priorities in the right spot. We, we want to celebrate people's differences by uh, seeking first to understand their point of view, you know, before, before you say, well, that's a, that's a dumb idea. You know, you, we want to, uh, you know, celebrate that people are able to bring up those differences because uh, ultimately we believe that if uh, you have two people that are open to understanding what the other person, where the other person's coming from, um, or more than two people, like a whole group, we can come to a better decision, all of us together than what one or two people could come to by themselves. I got a question for you then. If you didn't have meetings every week, I mean, you didn't have speakers every week, what did you do for your meetings? Each week had a different theme to it. So the first week is kind of what, what most Rotarians would call an assembly. So it, it really is updates. You know, what's going on? Where are we with what? Um, you know, uh, we, we try not to call it a business meeting, um, but, but it really is, you know, people, again, people miss and, and don't know what's, what's always going on. So, so we take the first week of the month and traditionally call it an assembly, and it's just updates on what's going on with this, what's going on with that. The second week uh, evolved into a leadership development topic, um, which is actually our most uh, attended meeting. And, and the way that it started was we, we literally Googled uh, leadership qualities. <laughs> and the first one that came up was uh, seven, seven topics uh, or seven, seven leadership qualities that all leaders should have. Um, and we made that into a seven week series. And we just talked about, uh, again, that round table discussion uh, evolved. And we just, you know, you've got a, a group of such amazing leaders in the community you know, when you talk about work-life balance or you talk about all these things, it's really interesting to learn how other Rotarians are dealing with that um, and how they've, you know, made their lives better with what they wish they would have known when they were younger. So this mentor up, mentor down really evolved. And we've done all sorts of different things for our leadership development week. We've done uh, panels where we bring in experts um, or we just do a, a, a roundtable discussion. So that's the second week. It's always some type of leadership development. And the other really fun thing is we actually encourage our new members to lead the discussion. So it gives them uh, a, a learning opportunity on how to lead a meeting and how to, um, and then, you know, when you prepare for, for a topic, you seem to learn quite a bit. So it, it, we really do like the fact that we encourage our new members to do it and it engages the new members too. So that's the leadership development week. We're, we're, we're pretty excited about that one. The third week is where we roll up our sleeves and work on our um, service project. So whatever our next upcoming service project is, it turns into a, a committee meeting uh, effectively, um, but it's really nice to use uh, meeting time to work on your service projects because sometimes you get a group of, of uh, individuals that go off in the community, you know, in a committee and they're making all these decisions outside and some of the members feel excluded from that service project or like they can't participate because the committee meetings are at 6 p.m. and they can never go at 6 p.m. So um, we, we really do enjoy together working on our, our next service project. It's just awesome to use club time to do that. And then the fourth week is what we call hot topic. And that's more of a traditional speaker 
where we where we invite some top you know uh, some professional or uh, somebody in the in the community that's in the know on a certain topic. Um, and then again, we we try to maintain that thoughtful discussion. So it really relieves a, a tremendous amount of pressure off the president to have to and and a and a chairperson uh, who is the speaker chair to come up with so many meetings. Um, because now all of a sudden, if you're on the leadership team, you know, three or four people only have to come up with 12 meetings a year. That's really easy. Um, and there's a lot less prep time uh, trying to find these, you know, whatever the next, um, you know, it's easy to talk about updates and then the leadership development. And then the third one's pretty easy too for um, service because it's, you know, you let the service person run it. Uh, and the hot topic, again, we have a small team that, that now, now it cuts down the amount of programs that people have to do. So it really evolved through that, you know, not really, you know, wanting to put too much pressure on, on the president. So how long did it take you from the time you decided, hey, we could be our own Rotary Club to chartering? We were going to wait until the Rotary year to start the transition to do that. So I thought July would be a good time to start. Um, and we actually had kind of a, a, a district mentor that said, no, 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 if you guys are going to do this, you need to start working on it now. So uh, we, you know, had some initial charter meetings um, on, on the process, um, got our paperwork in and uh, officially chartered. Uh, well, by the time it, it came back approved, it was, I think, January. So it took about took about six or seven months. Um, but there had been quite a few uh, pre-discussions about that before. How many other Rotarians chartered the club with you? Because you were the charter president, right? Yep. So 17 Rotarians transferred from the lunch club uh, to the morning club. And I believe we chartered with 28. Oh, okay. So you did bring in other community members to start the new club. What is the relationship with the two clubs? Do they work together on projects? Yes, yes, we work, we work together on projects. Um, some of the projects that the lunch club doesn't fit our decision-making model. So anytime we're approached with, hey, you guys should, should help us out on this. Um, again, using our uh, decision-making model, we say, well, does this fit with specifically what we're trying to do because we do have limited resources and if we if we try to be all things to all people then we end up being very ineffective at everything instead of being you know kind of laser focused on the things that we want to do and do them really well and have lots of impact so if we run it through our decision making model and it is a good fit we jump on board and we help them out if it isn't a good fit and it's something that that's kind of outside the scope uh, we do make an announcement um, that there's a sign-up sheet uh, at the front of the, you know, we put it up um, at the front of the room and we say, hey, if, if this calls to any Rotarian individually, please go help them sign, you know, and, and, and go sign up. We're not going to support this as a club and we're not going to, um, you know, require anybody to do it or, or make people feel guilty, but, but we are going to give people the option to jump on board uh, personally, and we give contact info. Hey, if, you know, follow up with so and so. What about the area of Montrose? It's you said it had one club. Now it has two clubs. Uh, how has this affected membership? There was some discussion about whether starting a new Rotary Club or not would actually 
cause more work, right? Because now we have two presidents and we have two secretaries and we have two treasurers and that is true. Um, but what we found happened is there's more participation in Rotary because there's more opportunities. Um, wasn't that long ago, we only had uh, one president elect, maybe a president elect nominee going to pets. And now we have four, you know, uh, two from each club. So, and, and we've seen that in the district participation uh, at assembly and uh, stuff like that. We, we just, we've noticed that there's a ton more Rotarians from Montrose participating in district events, which is awesome. Um, but we've also, so the lunch club had, was on a slide there for a little while, um, quite a while where they were just slowly losing members, slowly, slowly, slowly losing members. And after the transferring Rotarians left, uh, both clubs have gone up in membership now that we've made that, made that move. What was the most surprising part of the experience? The most surprising part of the experience was the support that I got. Um, when, I was, when I was in the lunch club, there were certain duties that you know, always had to be done, right? Because we've always done it that way. And it, and it just felt like sometimes you were pulling teeth. Hey, hey guys, come on, let's, let's go do this. Um, and, and the amount of people, and, and, and that's, again, with the lunch club, the amount of people that stepped up into the places where other people left surprised me on that side too. So it was a, it was a surprise all around, but the amount of excitement for Rotary uh, in our in our city is amazing due due to this move. So yeah, the the most surprising thing was the amount of the amount of people just stepping in and stepping up. Hey, I'll do that. Hey, because now we now that we're kind of laser focused in, we we attract more people and we're able to tell them exactly what we're what what gets us excited and it only attracts people that are excited about those things. So then when you need something done in one of those things, everyone's already pre-excited and bought into those programs and bought into those projects. So definitely the amount of support. Any words of wisdom you have for other people who are looking to start a Rotary Club? I'd say that it is going to be a lot more fun than you think it is. Um, my initial reaction was, no, 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 we can't do that. Um, and it's been extremely gratifying and, and, and a lot of fun. So if, you've, if you're even thinking about it, it's probably the right thing to do, and, it, and it's going to end up great. Well, thanks for sharing with us today, Mark. I'm really excited to hear about the new club, and it sounds like you're doing great things, and the model that you use to make decisions sounds like something a lot of clubs could benefit from trying on their own. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Congratulations on the new club, and uh, we will continue to hopefully hear great things from it. Thanks, Gary.